Welcome to Paradigms on WBKM.org. This is episode number 45, April 11th, 2010. Welcome to Paradigms. Baruch here with you another Sunday night here at WBKM.org in Burlington, Vermont. Happy to have you with us tonight. We've got a fun show, pretty relaxing and and uh, interesting and, and also some important stuff. Uh, let's see, before we get started, just want to thank everyone who's been coming by the website and checking things out. I hope you'll keep doing that and hope you've been having a great week. Tonight's show, uh, we have a wonderful guest, singer-songwriter Cozy Sheridan is with us uh, in an interview tonight, and we'll be playing a whole bunch of music, some of it live, some of it from different uh, CDs she's released, and talking with Cozy. Cozy is a former Burlingtonian, so for those of you listening from the Burlington, Vermont area, there's a little, little hometown feeling about that. And later on in the show, we'll be talking a bit about, uh, just a little bit about what happened at the Upper Big Branch Mine in West Virginia this week and playing some music to honor the coal miners and their families and talk about coal mining a little bit. So we're going to start out with uh, some selections from a concert CD that Cozy put out called Live at Cedar House, and then we'll come back for the first section of interview. So stay tuned to Paradigms on WBKM.org. Please put your hands together for Cozy Sheridan. Somebody loves you, I 
and knows you are good. My multi-talented band, Mr. Kent Allen and T.R. Ritchie. I just said, and what song is it? <laughs> I gave you a set list, didn't I? I guess I didn't. I didn't give you a set list. I made three. Where'd the third one go? Maybe. No, that's not it. Because oh. uh, I didn't get one either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to look on with Bruce then. <laughs> Bruce has one. I know that. All right. Ready, boys? Kent, you're so far away, but nice to see you there. Hi. Hi. conversation with Cozy oh, a week or 10 days ago. Let's get right into it. Here is the first part of our interview. Hi, I'm Cozy Sheridan. I'm a songwriter. I live in Utah, and I'm talking here to Baruch today, and I'm originally from New Hampshire. Oh, cool. I didn't realize you were from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. A neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you're in Vermont. I went and checked out your, 
your stuff last night a little bit, so I saw that you're in Burlington. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you been doing this uh, singer-songwriter life? Thing? Well, uh, probably since I dropped out of college in 1984. It took me a while to start writing songs. I was playing in bars doing, you know, cover material until I was in my mid-20s, but um, I've been doing it, so that's, you know, 25 years now. What I notice in listening to your music is that you're really a storyteller. Hmm. Thank you. And, uh, and some of your stories are contemporary things that happened to you, like the ladies' room on the highway. Mm-hmm. And some of them are historical, and some of them are mythical. Right. I'm very interested in myth, and in fact, at Burlington College in Burlington, Vermont, I got a degree in transpersonal psychology. My final project was to write a performance piece about women's descent to the underworld in a mythic fashion, and I chose the myth of Persephone, and that piece, which, you know, was very different when I graduated, um, has become this one-woman show that I've been doing for five or six years now across the country. I'm sure we know a number of people in common. I think we might. Because I used to teach there. Oh, did you? Oh, well, then I'm sure we know enough people in common. <laughs> people are storytellers and singers and bards, and they, they do their thing, but everyone has their own kind of what it is that's driving them, what, you know. What is it with you? What because you do bring together this contemporary and historical and mythic storytelling in a way, and you're, you're taking us somewhere. What, what's your intention? Well, I think uh, when I go back to how you, your first question, how, what's driving you, that's probably changed over the years. But if you're asking about now and, and the, the uh, stuff I'm doing now, what's driving me is a growing interest in... Um, First of all, just the ancient world, I find it fascinating. So I'm always interested in any way I can look at it. And mythology happens to be a way that it connects to the modern world. It's like a little portal to the ancient philosophies. But what is driving me is most likely trying to make sense of my life. I think what's in many ways driving a lot of artists, um, you know, working out my life through my art. But, you know, and I think, you know, at, at times I would give you different... Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd dress that up in different ways, but I think that's probably been the underlying, you know, generative idea throughout the entire thing. Yes, yes. And how old are you now? Forty-five. You're Forty-five. It's interesting, you know, uh, uh, we're in the, the same age range, you know, uh, to watch how one's perspective changes, how you can see that the way you saw something 20 years ago, you would see very differently now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about. You mean in how it changed over the years? Yeah, I, I think so. Although in my 20s, I hadn't figured out what was driving me. It was very um, nascent. It was unsp- I couldn't have articulated it. And it was quite likely more trying to figure out, you know, did I want to have a standard, get married, have children, and find a job life? Or was, was I really trying to live outside the box? Did that really interest me? Or... Uh, so I, so I don't think that, I think what I'm telling you now, at that time, I, I certainly didn't know that. But, you know, inevitably in your 20s, you are trying to figure out your life no matter what else you're doing. I think the thing about living outside the box is something that appeals to some people, doesn't appeal to some people, terrifies some people, you know. And so for some people, it's not a choice. They have to. Right, right. That's true. And I think I spent uh, a number of my years in my 30s kind of regretting not living inside the box, having thought, wow, I, I made a decision here. I'm not entirely sure that was the best one I could have made. And when I made the pomegranate seed, that was my 
time when I decided I'm going to, as I said uh, on the outside of the album at one time, I said, you know, I wanted to turn regret into wisdom. I wanted to, to no longer re- regret my choices. I wanted to look at them in, a, and see a mythic pattern. So to see um, uh, what uh, Jean Houston would say, you know, the big, the greater story. I have this friend in, in Amsterdam and she says, you know, we exist for the God's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. To which my, my thought was then, and once we, when we get really boring, we get booted off the stage, you know. But as long as we're engaged in the human drama, even with the awareness that that's what we're doing, you know. Like, right. There's something about it that, that's worthwhile, and yet the ability to have that witness self that sees that you're doing that mm-hmm. makes it easier. It does, and that takes a lot of energy, I find. I go through periods when I have that self that is witnessing, and that's usually when I'm meditating and, you know, trying to live much more consciously. And then there's times when I'm on the road and I'm just, you know, doing what it takes to get from point A to point B. It's interesting what she said about the God's entertainment, because what if, you know, the the pieces on the chessboard, it's the God's entertainment, but it's because the gods decide to inhabit the chess piece. And you're not kicked off the board. The God is just done with the game and has left the board. (laughs) <laughs> right, because we're all a manifestation of that. Right. That that player, which is all the players, which is one mm-hmm. player. That's Cozy Sheridan on Paradigms. I really like uh, the whole idea of looking at the big story, the mythic story, the aspect of my own life that is a mythic story. And I think we each have a mythic story or stories that weave in and out of our lives. And I just wonder, as you're listening... If you notice what part of the mythic story is in your life that you're living out. Let's go back to some more from Cozy's live album. And then we will be hearing some selections from the Pomegranate Seed and other albums coming up. But let's start out by uh, going back to live at Cedar House with Cozy Sheridan on Paradigms on WBKM.org. So um, a number of you complimented me on my earrings for which I thank you. I was just visiting my mother in Florida, and she spent the first few days saying, shouldn't we get you some new earrings? And then we went to um, a makeover at the Lancome counter at Macy's. And I got so many compliments on my earrings from all of the makeover people. My mother said, I guess I get it. So long ago at the Concord Mall, TR and I went one year, and I bought these great red kids high top sneakers. They had Tweety Bird on the side. And on the bottom of the soles, every one of them said, that's all, folks. So every time you walked in the sand, that's what your feet said. I wish I had bought millions of pairs of those sneakers. When I went back to, to get more, they had stopped making them. And Jerry, I want to tune this down, too. How's that? I think it's starting to get sweet. And I was very homesick for um, some good friends, among them Kent, in San Jose one year. And those shoes represented New Hampshire to me. I had, I'd moved to Utah, and I, I missed uh, my shoes, and I missed my friends. And... So here we go, Kent. You ready? Ready. There is comfort you do not grow out of And shoes you cannot replace Birthdays you always look back on And goodbyes you cannot erase There are memories you never go back to And those where you always return 
There are fires you have to keep tending And those that just know how to burn There's a walk you wish never ended And a friendship you wish never changed Hopes you wish they'd hold on to Adjustments you just can't arrange There's a summer perfect and golden When the young and the foolish don't know There are torches you have to carry Those that'll follow wherever you go There are torches you have to carry Those that'll follow wherever you go But a life doesn't go where you lead it Adventures don't do as they're told And I don't yet know the reason Why I push myself out in the cold So find me the answer to the bump in the night Why some love won't let you alone Some fires go out when you leave them Some keep burning all on their own Some fires go out when you leave them Some keep burning all on their own There are memories you never go back to And those where you always return There are fires you have to keep tending And those that just know how to burn You guys ever heard of Persephone's beauty cream? Well, you've never had my sister do your tarot cards, and that's why, because she will tell you about Persephone's beauty cream. And Botox is probably Persephone's beauty cream. Persephone's beauty cream is what Psyche goes down to the underworld to get. She's given all these tasks that I'm about to tell you, and one of them is to get Persephone's beauty cream. And Tiara's been thinking, you know, we should do something with the Persephone's beauty cream. I think it would be an excellent title for something. I'm not sure what yet. But uh, he wants to know who made it and where it came from. <laughs> what does it do? <laughs> hope in a bottle. That was brilliant. It is hope in a bottle. My God. There once was a young girl named Psyche, and she fell in love with the god of love named Eros. And Eros, being the young god of love, wasn't really ready for the depth of relationship that Psyche was looking for. And when Psyche tried to get a little more out of him, Eros ran off. And Psyche was left mourning her lost boyfriend. But along comes his mother, the goddess Aphrodite, and she says to Psyche, I'll give you my son back if you'll work for me for a while. <laughs> so she gives Psyche impossible jobs, like going down to get Persephone's beauty cream. That's the last job. One of the other jobs she gives her is that there's a pile of seeds the size of this beautiful barn. And in the pile of seeds are three different kinds of seeds. And Aphrodite says to Psyche, by tomorrow morning, I want to see three piles of three kinds of seeds. Now, Psyche knows an impossible job when she sees one. And being human, she feels overwhelmed by an impossible job. And being overwhelmed, she naturally starts to feel a bit depressed. And then she feels rather tired. And then Psyche falls asleep. 
which you might think is the very sad ending to the story and why am I bothering you with it now? But when Psyche wakes up the next morning, there are three piles of three kinds of seeds. While she's been asleep, the ants have come and divided the pile for her. So next time you're feeling overwhelmed, take a nap. <laughs> Everything gets better after a nap. There's a bit more of the mythic side of Cozy Sheridan from her album Live at Cedar House. I definitely hope you'll check it out. Cozy has a website, of course, CozySheridan.com, C-O-S-Y-S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N, just like it sounds, where you can check out all her albums and, and see some photographs. And she's really a pretty neat person. Uh, and let's go back to our interview with Cozy Sheridan. We've got two more pieces of it and uh, some more music, and we'll just keep on going. Here's Cozy on Paradigms. You know, I had a really interesting conversation with Sinead O'Connor last week. She was talking about the separation between what she calls the Holy Spirit and religion. You know, the distinction that religion is something humans created, and the other thing is something that no one can own or hold or capture or hold hostage, really. Mm-hmm. And, interesting. Yeah. It somehow ties into what you're saying. I'm not quite sure how, but... Mm-hmm. There's this evolution occurring where humanity is teaching the divine how to stop being, expressing itself so brutally, in that we are expressions of that in our brutality. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, we're working the brutality out of the system somehow. I read somewhere once that um, humans would, people on Earth would never discover another planet until we were 51% um, benign. You know, we were 51% non-destructive. <laughs> Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to go to a question about your traveling, what, you know, how much do you travel and what are you seeing when you travel? I know sometimes it's just getting from gig to gig, but what are you seeing that's making an impression on you? I'm seeing, let's see, well, it depends because I do some shows that are um, more in the standard folk community and then my one woman show tends to have uh, a different audience of you know women who have been forced to look you know into the dark corners and to see how the world is truly operating and among those people I see um, a growing consciousness it's just a constant move forward of ideas that were very esoteric 15 or 20 years ago slowly moving into the the consciousness of you know the major group that's interesting I just came back from about five years of traveling, and I think the thing I saw that surprised me the most, which says probably more about me than anybody else, was that people are very kind. If you don't get into ideology with them, people are great. That's a very good point. In fact, I often say that on stage. I say, we are, we are a kind group. You don't hear that on the news. But you're right. People are very kind. I get put up in people's guest rooms. You know, People take in you know, strange musicians in my particular musical community and let them sleep in their guest room you know we 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 truly are a, a kind group that's a very good point it's good so we're we're heading in a direction yeah i think so now, who knows how long it's going to take us to get there yeah so you live in utah do you live out in the sticks do you live in a town what's your deal i live in moab which is down in the southeastern corner right outside of uh, arches national park and canyonlands national park i live where they make uh, Jeep Cherokee commercials, and uh, they made City Slickers and Mission Impossible. If, if there's, you know, large red rocks in a movie, they probably filmed it here. 
It's the mountain biking capital of the world. It's a tiny little town, 6,000 people, um, 9,000 in the county, and it's a long way from anything. And I chose it uh, because my partner, who's another songwriter, lived in Seattle and moved to New Hampshire with me one winter in 1994. We had like 17 major storms, and he just hated the weather, so he wanted to go west. And I used to sing in bars on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and Moab looks like the bottom of the Grand Canyon, so we chose here. It's beautiful out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mind blowing. The Colorado River comes right through town. So you get to have your mind kind of blown out of its boundaries on a daily basis just by the visuals. If you get outside of town and go up there, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. And you're so far away from the busyness of the city life that um, it's just it, it's easier to get quiet if you want to write. Now you have a new CD. Well, it came out in the fall of 2008. So depending on your concept of new, um, I'm working on another one right now. But Eros, I, I did release about a year and a half ago. I guess it's almost two years now. And uh, it's a song cycle about the myth of Psyche and Eros. That's all about relationship. You know how how, do, how are we drawn to a relationship? How does it disappoint us? How do we come back to it with a more mature look at it? How did you like the C.S. Lewis book, Till We Have Faces? Um, I loved it, and I read it in high school, and then I read it again uh, in my 20s, and I probably read it again in my 30s. I probably read it about once every decade, and I tend to get a different thing out of it every time I go back to it. I thought it was his most, to me, um, interesting and uh, outside-the-box book. I thought it was interesting he tried to inhabit a woman, which I thought, you know, was probably a challenge for, you know, it's hard to write the other gender. But I think he did an excellent job of, you know, looking at, at the myth and then revisioning it. It's a little dark. As I understand it, he used the character of his wife to model the main character on. Wow, really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. I think she was still alive. You know, they had a very short period of time where they were together and then she died of cancer. And they had gotten together late in life. But when you said, you know, The Myth of Psyche and Eros, I knew you had read that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a lovely book. It's, it's dark. I, I also happen to know a lot about the myth from reading some stuff when I was at Burlington College, actually, some uh, other, you know, takes on it. And my sister used to read tarot cards for a living, and she would tell me myths because her particular tarot cards were Greek. And so when I was a kid, she would introduce me to all these. And she told me this, the, the story of Psyche and Eros in a, probably a much, you know, more happy ending sort of way. I wasn't interested in uh, only dark looks at, you know, the myth. Because I, I do think at the end, you know, there is definitely, a, a, in the myth itself, not until we have faces, that's definitely less obvious, but in the myth itself, it does say, you know, at the end they come back to, to each other at a more adult. They come full circle. Yeah. And go through their process, and, and there is a... They attain something, and right in Lewis's book, it's just you know, misery. Yeah, it's mostly regret, and I, I needed to get beyond regret for my own purposes, um, and for the sense that I wanted some joyous material on there. Cozy Sheridan, talking about her uh, most recent CD from 2008, Eros, and we'll be hearing some tracks from that in a little while, and. Uh, Interesting woman. It was interesting. We seem to jump right into kind of metaphysical stuff. We've never met, but the conversation just seemed to head in that direction. Let's listen to some music from her album, The Pomegranate Seed, which is also a, a song cycle about a myth, the myth of Persephone, which Cozy mentioned earlier. We're going to listen to three different songs from The Pomegranate Seed, starting out with the title track. This is The Pomegranate Seed 
by Cozy Sheridan on Paradigms on WBKM.org.
anything like my mother's. I never fit into the tribe. I have come down to ask the underworld how to be more alive. I think I found the answer. It's a bit of a surprise. We are blessed when we are fallen. We don't. The heroes who never win. I'll be proud to be called a woman with a belly. She is not holding in. I think I found the answer. It's a bit of a surprise. We are blessed when we are fallen. We don't.
by Cozy Sheridan come from her CD, The Pomegranate Seed. We started out with the song by that name, The Pomegranate Seed. We heard Demeter's Lost Daughter and The Underworld. These myths are such a part of Western culture, and they inform things in our society that we don't even think about. I'm sure there have been many scholarly papers written about the different ways these myths can be interpreted and the different ways that these myths are part of the collective unconscious, if you will. Um, and some of these myths transcend culture. There are different versions of similar stories that aren't necessarily uh, in the Western tradition. So it's interesting, the story of Persephone. Here we are, it's springtime. Persephone has emerged from the underworld and we're heading into summer. But now we're going to switch gears and listen to some music from Cozy's CD, Eros, about Psyche and Eros. So let's start out with a piece called The Story of Longing. This is Paradigms on WBKM.org. you're calling to come home you can't predict 
That's Cozy Sheridan, Agnes of the Sorrows. Before that, Do You Like the Life You Made? And The Story of Longing started us out, all three from Cozy's CD called Eros, which is also a great myth, the the story of uh, Psyche and Eros. Uh, And I had mentioned in the interview a book called Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. If you're interested in a retelling of the myth, that's one really good one. There are many out there. Uh, that one is much more engaging and novelized, really. Um, so, Cozy Sheridan, really interesting. We're going to listen to one more section of interview and some more music from Cozy. Let's get right to it. Here is the third and final section of our conversation. I'm wondering if there's anything that you feel like uh, we haven't gotten to that you want to make sure we touch upon. When you asked about you know, who, what groups I see and what do I see changing out there. I'm often dealing with a group of women who are dealing with body image issues. And, you know, that is one other way that we are coming to a greater, you know, consciousness in our physical form. And that's significant to me in my performances and in how, I, how women seem to relate to my music. I have a fan who just tattooed the lines of one of my songs on her belly. Wow. She showed me, and I said, oh, my God, that's amazing. The, the line is, of, I'm not a frame, I'm a finished home. And, you know, that's pretty amazing. It's been astounding to me to realize that my own story, if I offer it honestly enough, connects to so many other stories. It's just, that's always been a 
sort of an amazing thing to me to realize, wow, my story told their story also. It's a transcendent moment that when we get that our stories are all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're different, but they're the same. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you feel like uh, the issues around the, uh, women's body, self-concept and, and all that are shifting in the culture? Yeah, I, it is shifting on the edges. In the center, I still meet a number of women who are really trapped by some conventional upbringing messages that they have not been able to get beyond yet. Um, but certainly, on like with the other, uh, what I was mentioning, you know, the consciousness is moving slowly closer to the center. of a, I noticed that also with um, body image issues, partly because people are just talking about it more. Like, if I go to a high school now, they are tired of hearing about it. You know, they have body image issue people in there and eating disorder specialists talking to them in the assembly, you know, every month. They are tired of it. Those young people are, I hope, getting to a spot where they really, you know, own their, the body that they have, we hope. And, and maybe it's also that the people who can make money out of this have realized that they make a lot more money off aging now than they do off dieting. It's- or it's also that, you know, the obesity issue is so great that, you know, you're not talking to people about body image issues. You're talking to people about survival. Right. You're talking about life and death. Yeah. It's interesting to me how uh, it all seems to, in my mind lately, boil down to the people who view the world in a mechanistic fashion and people who view the world as an interconnected living thing. You know, all, oh, that's interesting. Everything. And I... It's an oversimplification, but it seems to me like if you view the world, the cosmos, as everything being interconnected in some way, and certainly within the the biosphere of Earth, there's a whole lot of things we just wouldn't do, you know? Yeah, you're right. And I certainly see that in my own life. I really like that. That's that's very interesting delineation. In music, I often say for guitar players, I say, well, you're either a tool user or a hunter-gatherer. And tool users use capos and hunter-gatherers use open tunings. Um, which is a different way to divide the world. But I I definitely think that the interconnected web, I certainly notice it. You know, there's so many amazing people out here doing incredible things, just everywhere you turn. Yeah, it it does give you hope. It does, it really does. Well, thank you so much for your time, and have a great afternoon, and I'll be in touch with you soon. Terrific. Well, thanks, Baruch. I, I, I totally appreciate it. Cozy Sheridan on Paradigms. You know, it's amazing how I get to speak with these incredible people who are putting themselves out there in the world, performers, artists, activists, scientists, politicians, farmers, you name it. Uh, And really, we are surrounded by interesting people. Wherever we are, if there are people, bound to be, some of them are doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, And I like all of uh, what Cozy was talking about in terms of the mythic. We've got some more music from Cozy Sheridan coming right up, and then we are going to get into something different. But I hope you're enjoying your little mini Cozy Sheridan concert. I know she travels. Uh, You can see her tour schedule at CozySheridan.com. And I know she comes to the Northeast because I have a friend who goes to see her every time she performs in New Hampshire. So uh, check that out. Let's listen to some more music from Cozy and then we'll get into some other material. This one is from an album called Ant Him. Sort of looks like Anthem, but on the album cover it's Ant Him. And this is called Bikini on a Billboard. This is Cozy Sheridan. Here you get me with a car, you get 
trophies and the other toys She's a bikini on a billboard 50 feet tall Spreading her legs over us all Here's what you want It's a breast and a thigh A big red mouth Ten feet wide A little distraction As you drive by Can't you see she wants you Way up in the sky She's a bikini on a billboard Fifty feet tall Spreading her legs over a She's only 15 on the cover of a magazine It's open season on the young and the lean Come get what she's got while it's young and it's hot How come little girls disappear out of parking lots? She's a bikini on a billboard, 50 feet tall
your darkness will make you whole All that sweetness and light You know your balance isn't right We'll stitch the shadow back into your soul And the great God pants And I will help you understand How bright the spark of life can be As much as it has looked otherwise Taking care of me I sat down by the river Of the sadness of the world And I watched all the living float by A voice said You are healed Lift your tears out of the water And set them on the river bank To dry From silver sadness
Posey Sheridan. That one is I Won't Worry Anymore from her CD called Grand Design. We heard The World Has Taken Care of Me from Ant Him. Tell Me It All works out in the end, also from Grand Design. And we started out with Bikini on a Billboard, which is looking at some of how our uh, society and advertising portrays women and some of the effects of that, um, which is actually very important stuff. So, Cozy Sheridan was a pleasure to speak with her. I hope you've enjoyed listening to her and to her music, CozySheridan.com. Well, Baruch here with you, Paradigms, every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And what I'd like to get into right now for the remainder of the show is a little bit of awareness and some music that relates to the issue of coal, coal mining, mountaintop removal. So I think most people have probably heard that there was a bad mine accident in West Virginia at the Upper Big Branch coal mine owned by Massey Energy. 29 people were killed, uh, 25 of them immediately, and four of them uh, died as a result of not being able to get out of the mine, which was full of toxic gas. You know, there's a lot to say about coal mining. There's a lot to say about Massey Energy. This particular mine has over 500 uh, citations from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. There's a question about Massey's way of responding to those in terms of uh, appealing them rather than paying them and rather than fixing the things that they're cited for. I am not an expert on this, so I can't say. But coal mining is something that happens around the world. There are uh, coal mines in China. Last year, China recorded over 2,600 deaths in their coal mines. Uh, in the U.S., fatalities in coal mines have been dropping. But the fact is coal mining is still dangerous. Wherever it happens, it happens in the U.K. So there's a whole lot of loss of human life and all of the effects that that has on families and the illnesses that go along with coal mining, like black lung, uh, if people don't have proper respira respirators. And even if they do, you know, it's a toxic environment. There's also something going on here in the United States called mountaintop removal. This uh, practice was made legal under George W. Bush, and people are really trying to get this made illegal again, but where they literally blow up a mountain and flatten it and extract the coal, and they leave basically a moonscape. Over 500 mountains in Appalachia have been blown up. Over 2,000 miles of streams have been covered up or destroyed. Think of the loss of flora and fauna, animal life, plant life, plant life that takes up CO2 and puts out oxygen, animals, biodiversity that's necessary for the web of life on Earth to continue. So coal mining is also an environmentally destructive practice. There's no way to mine coal without it being environmentally destructive. And what do we use the coal for? For the most part, it's burned to generate electricity. Anyone in the United States who uses electricity on the grid may be getting some electricity that was generated from coal. They may not, but a lot of electricity in this country is still generated by burning coal to boil water, to turn a turbine, to make electricity. So to bring it back to these miners and their families, they are risking their lives for our electricity. And when there are mining accidents, those deaths are in part the result of the fact that we use a lot of electricity 
generated by burning coal. So one thing we can all do is use a little less electricity. What if we could cut down enough on our electrical use, get more efficient, go more into renewables like wind and solar and hydro to really get rid of this entire business of burning coal, of mining it and destroying the earth and destroying people's lives and of burning it and destroying the environment. It's something to really think about. We're going to listen to some music now that comes out of coal mining country. Uh, this first song is by a woman named Sarah Gunning. It's from an album called Coal Mining Women. Hello, coal miner. This is Paradigms on WBKM.org. This song just tells something about my life. And it's a long song. <laughs> and I hope I got breath enough to sing it. I'm short of breath. Hello, coal miner. I'm so proud to be your friend. For the finest folks I ever knew were coal mining women and men. Were coal mining women and men. I was born in old Kentucky way back in 1910. My daddy and my brothers, they were all coal mining men. They were all coal mining men. My daddy was a preacher, but he loaded coal as well. He wanted to spread the word of God and save poor souls from hell. And save poor souls from hell. He traveled over the mountain. Through the hills and through the cold But he died and went to heaven When I was twelve years old He died and went to heaven When I was twelve years old My mother was a Christian She served God all her life She worked hard for her children And she was a miner's wife She was a miner's wife she taught the love of Jesus to women and the men, all colors, all religion. They were my mother's friends. They were my mother's friends. I married a young coal miner when I was just 16. And I was the happiest little girl that you have ever seen. I was the happiest little girl that you have ever seen. My handsome young coal miner, I loved him dearer than life, and I thought my life would be heaven if I could be his wife, if I could be his wife. He worked in the coal mine from early morn till late, but I was afraid he'd breathe in that black damp, or he'd be killed by a slate, or that he'd be killed by a slate. I was afraid there'd be a fire in the mines, or maybe a cave-in, as so often happens to coal mining men, as so often happens to coal mining men. My mother tried to stop me, so did Brother Jim, but there's no one in this old world could stop me loving him, could stop me loving him. He called our little son to him and said, Son, please sit down. I want to tell you something while I'm still around. 
Don't never work in the coal mines down in the dark cold ground and always listen to your mother she'll never let you down always listen to your mother she'll never let you down we hugged our little children told them not to cry they didn't know their daddy soon was going to die they didn't know their daddy soon was going to die and so my friends i sing my little song to you, Black Lung, it killed my husband when he was 32. Black Lung killed my husband when he was 32. They come up to a miner's wife and say, I know how you feel. They're dirty, rich, aristocrats who never missed a meal. They never spend a lonely night or heard their children cry. Or had to tell their children why daddy had to die. Or had to tell their children why daddy had to die. And now I'm old and all alone. I will soon be gone. But I want my friends to think of me and always sing my songs. And always sing my songs. We get up in the black, down the cold town road, and we hike along the track, where the cold trains load. And we make the ponies pull, till they nearly break their backs, and they'll never see again, down the cold town road. We hear the whistle blow down the cold town road And we take our towels and all where the cold trains load In the cages we will drop till there's nowhere else to fall And we leave this world behind us down the cold town road we never see the sun Down the cold town road At a penny for a ton Where the cold trains load When our ship comes up on top We're so thankful to be done We head home to sleep and dream About the cold town road There's miners' little sons Down the cold town road Laying with their cowboy guns Where the cold trains load But they better make the best Of their childhood while it runs There's a pick and shovel waiting Down the cold town road if there's a God for us Down the cold town road All the miners he can bless Where the cold trains load For we're sweating in the hole Sucking down the devil's dust Just to keep the fires a-blazing Down the cold town road We get up in the black Down the cold town road And we hike along the track where the cold trains load And we make the ponies pull Till they nearly break their backs And they'll never see again Down the cold town road And we make the ponies pull Till they nearly break their backs And they'll never see again Down the cold town road 
His daddy was a soldier in the Union Brigade Dark-eyed, religious, headstrong with his spade Fourteen long years searching through the cold's darkest night Fourteen long years yearning for a breath of golden light For the perfume's fair fragrance is sweet in the wind But this man's fight with hell is never done For there's no compromise when seen through the eyes Of an Appalachian coal miner's son Lark sings to the tune of the spring And the dandelion stands high in the sun But the miner meets the dust Below the deadly frozen crust And never sees the beauty of a one Where the mine inspectors go They know not what they know When staring down the barrel of a gun for there's no compromise when seen through the eyes of an Appalachian coal miner's son. The distance between hatred and murder is slim in the minds of the bosses the catalyst to swim For the loss of a dollar Is the loss of a life Whether union organizer His child or his wife And the families of the dead's hearts Bleed deep with pain And the war's never lost and never won For there's no compromise When seen through the eyes of an Appalachian gold miner's son He's seen his daddy gone in wee hours of the dawn And he knows his father's life is on the line For he's seen his daddy die And he's heard his mama cry When they pull the bodies from the broken mine Explanation and blame are but one and the same When tasted by the lips of everyone But there's no Compromise when seen through the eyes of an Appalachian coal miner's son.
That was Sammy Walker with Appalachian Coal Miner's Son from an album called Blue Ridge Mountain Skyline. The Woods Tea Company before that with the Coal Town Road and Hello Coal Miner, Sarah Gunning from an album called Coal Mining Women. You know, the thing about uh, coal mining, too, is it's a place where the unions have been broken in the United States. There has been a lot of, uh, especially in the last century, violence between union and uh, management. I'm sure y'all are aware of some of that. Um, and Massey really broke the coal miners union within the last decade. Ronald Reagan started that process when he fired all the air traffic controllers and the unions have been losing strength ever since. Not that the unions are perfect, they're not. But the fact is when you don't have a union to collectively bargain for you in a situation where your life is at stake, if there are safety lapses, you're in trouble, and that's the deal with coal mining in this country. So really, it's something that seems isolated and far away, but if we use electricity, we are indirectly using the coal that these people are losing their lives for and that mountains are being destroyed for. So it's worth really thinking about how can we do this differently. Well, it's been a wonderful evening. I love coming in and doing this show, and I hope, as always, that you have a great week. I hope you'll also check out our website at uh, paradigms.bz. And as always, we're looking for support. If you feel like clicking on that donate button and sending a little something our way, it helps me out and it helps out wbkm.org. We're, we're very small scale and we're really happy to bring this to you and it's great to get support. So check out our website, paradigms.bz. All the episodes are archived there and available as podcasts. So you can check out all of our our previous episodes, musicians, all kinds of people. Great stuff. Next week, we'll be back with an episode of Paradigms that focuses on sustainable businesses around the world. So we'll be talking to people from different continents, different countries, different cultures who are running small-scale sustainable businesses. Some really interesting stuff. So I hope you'll tune in uh, next Sunday night, April 18th, here on WBKM.org. Baruch leaving you now with one last coal song. It's called Shut Up in Coal Creek Mine. This is Green Bailey. Have a wonderful week. Be well. Shut up in the mine of Coal Creek. We know that we must die. But if we trust in Jesus to heaven so shall fly Our lamps are burning dimly Our food is almost gone Death grass is sure but all fall Soon we'll be carried home Goodbye dear wives and children
up in a mine of Gold Creek. We know that we must die, but if we trust in Jesus, to heaven our soul shall fly. Goodbye, dear wives and children. May you be treated kind. For now our time has come to die. Shut up in a cold creek mine. You've been listening to Paradigms on WBKM.org. Thank you.